this is Linda Vetris Nichols, and I have with me the most amazing person, Stina Marie. Welcome, Stina. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. My honor and pleasure, <laughs> as usual. You've been in lots of my summits, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. For the people that don't really know your story, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Lovely. Well, hello. I'm Stina Marie, and I started out my life, my childhood as the good girl. Um, and you know, still to this day, 29 years later, still working on like shedding all of those layers of people pleasing and living up to everybody else's expectations and standards. So that looked like, you know, being the beauty queen and the cheerleader and the valedictorian and doing all the things that I was supposed to do until I got married, <laughs> which was young. And you know, not with my parents' approval, had my first kid at 21. Uh, I now have two kiddos. And since having my daughter, I've been on such a deep journey of personal discovery. And, you know, really since I got married, but kids change you. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that today, just stepping into a different kind of motherhood and relationship to our feminine. And so, that's been my journey is finding, finding both parts of me, <laughs> yeah, right. um, embracing that and saying like, you know, sometimes I like, I like that overachiever and, you know, that can serve me, but then also finding like my inner rebel and my inner masculine as well. Yes. Oh, you and I have such great talks on the animus, the inner masculine. <laughs> you go on forever. Okay. So mm. yeah, own both parts of you. It's a thing. <laughs> Here we go. So how do you do that, right? Make yourself a priority. How do you do that, Stina? How do you make yourself a priority? Hmm. Well, one thing to do to make yourself a priority, I think, is to remember that it's always a process and it's something to revisit. So I'm sitting here thinking like, I got like four hours of sleep last night and that is not, you know, that is not making myself a priority. Um, but having the self-awareness to be like, wow, I'm really like, I'm really getting off on, you know, taking care of this need or I'm really getting off on fulfilling this desire and just being able to know that and to say, you know, what are the changes I need to make? What are the, what's the discipline I kind of need to get back on? so that I am making myself a priority. Um, the self-awareness is so much more important than perfection. Oh, for sure. And it is all about noticing, just taking that breath to just stop and go check in. Like, what is going on right now? You know, even if you're mm -hmm. starting into, like heading into an argument with a husband or whatever, you know, or a kid, it's like, wait a minute, what is happening right now? whose stuff is this, you know, check yourself first. I always like check myself first. My kids were always guilty till proven innocent. I'm <laughs> 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 at school. It's like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. let's see what you have to say about it. And then usually it was take them to school, sit down with the teacher and say, and I could pretty much tune in right away. It's like, you know what, this is actually an issue between the two of you. So I'll just sit back. And <laughs> awesome. I'll let you communicate and figure that out. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. It. Okay. Very cool. I love this. All right. And I love your teachings on learn to say no. They're amazing. And you, you know, have that in your book, uh, Worship Her. 
So that was really fun to put that together with you too. All right, so hit it and learn to say no. Yeah, I think that's my favorite chapter in the book and it's one of the shortest. <laughs> uh, could probably be its own whole book, right? Um, learning to say no. Uh, I think it's really, you know, the last time that we talked about this and when I was writing my book, again, other, another layer always. I feel like most recently for me, learning to say no is like learning to say no to the distractions, learning to say no to the things that are compromise mm. for me. So when wow. you're really clear on what you want in your relationships, what you want in your, in your career, what you want in you know, your family life, then you have to say no to things that are compromised to that. Right. And sometimes that looks like, feels like people pleasing. And sometimes that feels like, you know, maybe you have a friend that you love to death, but you just don't feel like going out with them that night and giving yourself permission to say, you know, this isn't a priority for me and just to say no and letting it be really simple. And, you know, when you start to say no, what I found is that people that can't handle that will just kind of vet themselves out of your life. Right, right, right. They'll kind of just disappear. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that I'm choosing, like, I'm not choosing to have this conversation at this moment. You know, I'm fine rescheduling the conversation with you around it, right? Mm -hmm. Just it can do that in feminine divine energy <laughs> you don't have to be like rare or let yourself get to rare right it's about being proactive rather than reactive and boy does that help when it comes to raising kids as well <laughs> right because they're going to be reactive so like oh yeah <laughs> why fight fire with fire <laughs> i love it okay and so um yeah can you think of one of the examples from the book? Like when, so I love the one about the, um, oh, can you bake, you know, a dozen cookies for the cookie? Yeah. What was your answer? Yeah. Do you remember how you answered that in the book? Yeah. Well, in the book, I give like a tool that I call the yes, no, or yeah, yes, no, yes. <laughs> that one. Um, and what you do is like the initial step is affirming. So somebody asks you, hey, can you, can you bring in four dozen cookies for the bake sale? And the first thing you do is affirm and say, you know, I love to bake. Thank you so much for thinking of me. So it's affirming that like they've asked you because it's hard to reach out for help. And it's, you know, a challenge for us. That's the other side of this is, you know, learn to ask. So when somebody is asking for something, really like giving them a heartfelt acknowledgement of what they're asking. Right. And, you know, most like assuming the best, <laughs> assuming that, you know, they're asking you because they want you involved because yeah. they want to give you an opportunity to contribute. So you say that you give them that yes feeling. And then you say, you know, I'm not able to do that. And you don't have to give them excuses. You don't have to give them your life story. You don't have to tell them, you know, a million reasons why it's just like, I'm not able to do that this week. And then if you want to, you can add the third. Yes, that's optional. Uh, but you can say, I would love to hang up some flyers. Um, I'll be in this place, this place, and this place this week. Can I, you know, can I get those from you and, and put those up? Nice. Or you could say, I can pick up a dozen, you know, bagels from this bagel shop, or I can, do, you know, you can give them kind of a, this is what I can do. Right. They won't and so, me, but I can donate a dozen. Right? Yeah. 
Very cool. I love that. Yeah. And let yourself be happy. Well, that's definitely a step in the right direction. <laughs> Learning to say no and tuning into where you're at and what's appropriate for you either in the moment or for that week or that month or that year. That clarity piece is huge. And, mm -hmm. and I know another thing that happens like around here, we have plan A. We also know what plan B is. And then we take note where we're at. Are we on plan A? Like did we wake <laughs> up and did it go plan A? Are we on plan B or are we like even like way off? You know, if we're way off, it's like, let's get back to plan B at least, you know? <laughs> okay. How about plan A? Let's make sure we're on plan A tomorrow. Cause this was today. <laughs> but it's kind of like, you know, my job is to walk the dogs in the morning. And then plan B is if I've got something, he just automatically knows, Siri knows he'll walk the dogs that day. And there's no like argument or anything and and I fill in mm. for him and we we keep a fair share fill in role with each other and if it's not going to be we can see it's not going to be it's, it's like it's going to be really unfair this week to you so here's what I'm going to do for you next week or whatever mm. right just so we're in communication that helps so much all mm. right and then expand your sisterhood oh women process out loud usually and they they need their sisterhood and you and I love Outlander and um and I got further in the series than you did but you read the book <laughs> anyways remember the part where um the women were um uh taking the you know the fabric or the wool the wool and they put the hot urine on it and yeah. then they were walking they call it walking and they were hitting it up people mm -hmm. oh my gosh she was so desperate for sisterhood. She was willing to sit down and get her hands full of urine. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was awesome. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of the obscene goddess in yeah. Women Who Run With the Wolves, which I think is one of our favorite sections of the book. Yeah, Women Who Run With the Wolves, and, like, like Clarissa Pinkle, Estes. Oh, man, that is such a good book. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just that, like, being able to laugh. It's, like, why we like dirty jokes. It's why we like to laugh about, like, our periods in PMS and, you know, just, you know, oh, my husband did this. <laughs> you know. Guys wouldn't get. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, I've had people lately, too, they'll share something, like, with me, and then they'll apologize for complaining or say, like, oh, you don't need to hear this or I don't want to burden you. And I'm like, you know, sometimes you just gotta have space to vent. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you don't have that, it's not like I'm going to wallow in my, you know, the victimhood of it. But if you can't acknowledge it and express it, and get it then out. it just gets stuck in your body and it's like, it doesn't feel good. And so having sisters who really like who see you through the tough times and are there to celebrate the good times too yep. and and you for them and you know developing sisterhood I've had friends who you know unexpectedly had twins you know the, she didn't know she was having twins until the second baby was coming out and you know and she was you know had other things going on in her life so there was you know a solid say year or two of our friendship that I was pouring into her a lot and not necessarily like getting a whole lot out of the friendship, but it was such a long-term friendship. It's one of those like lifelong sisters right. that, you know, like this is a season and I'm here for you. Yeah. And so having that, you know, it's not a transactional relationship anymore when you have true sisterhood. Mm -hmm. 
Yep, and that's why I always say there's no such thing as balance. There's no such thing as duality. Everything just is. Mm. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, fear is an illusion, right? Oh my gosh, it is. When there, you know, there's all these little acronyms about fear. What What do you have to say about fear and the illusion of it? Mm. The image that comes to my mind is the heat waves off pavement. Mm. No, when, when you're, you're looking through the heat waves and everything gets kind of distorted beyond that. And, you know, the things on the other side of those heat wave, little waves are not actually wavy. Yeah, <laughs> the right. road didn't change shape. You know, there's not like nothing actually changed, but your perception of it becomes really distorted. Wow. Great word. And it creates this illusion. Yeah, mm -hmm. like a mirage out in the desert. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Exactly. Yeah, I live in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, and so we have the Smoky Mountains here, and you've been here to see our Smoky Mountains. I was warning you, don't go to the mountains, but, you know, like, what was it, early morning or late evening, and you didn't actually end up hitting that. Yeah. When it's, when it's that fog here, it's like ghosts. <laughs> it's like one little teeny piece of cloud going, yeah. Right at your windshield is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about illusion. Yeah. Okay. And decide you are the magic. So what do you have to say about that? Okay. And decide you are the magic. Tell us more about that. Lovely. So kind of going off of what we were talking about, the heat waves, it's like deciding you are the magic is to pull back into yourself, right? And really drop in and acknowledge that you're the one perceiving, that you're the one creating, that you're, you know, projecting the fear and yeah. making it real. And okay. so the magic, yeah, the magic of us and, and our power is that we, we get to reclaim that mm -hmm. so that we can change that experience. Mm, love it. So true. Mm -hmm. And then listen to your womb. Oh, you and I could go on for hours on that one. Um, you have a different way of getting your clients to that place. I have them put their hand, their arm out in front of them, make a fist, pull their fist in like that pinky side of their fist into their second chakra between the belly button and the pubic bone and just mm -hmm. do like three belly breaths, go down deep, go blank and just allow whatever wants to come up to come up because that's the level of our soul. That's our fully embodied soul level right and that's where soul and human connect um tell us a little bit about the work that you do to get your clients to that place yeah so some i mean similarly we both use breath mm -hmm. um and you know breath when you say like inspiration it literally means like divine breath so there's this divine connection and like life force and just breathing and we do it all the time and we kind of like forget we're even doing it yeah. so it becomes really unconscious so when you take the time to just stop and I usually use a visualization of an elevator literally going from you know the head area down into the pelvis and dropping your awareness because you usually live right up in this area Yep. Um, we sure. usually have a lot of constriction around. We have first we have constriction in our throat because we're not speaking our truth and we don't have a clear, you know, voice. And then there's constriction around the heart because we're protecting ourselves. Yep. And then 
we're cut off at our power because we usually can't say no and we can't <laughs> make ourselves a priority. And so all of that lower energy, the soul, the sexual energy, the womb energy, the creativity is just numb. It's just numb. And so getting down into that space is so important. And, you know, I've had calls with like potential clients about working together and I can feel all of that tension and that energy is just buzzing, you know, right up around the head and shoulders. And it's like, let's bring it down. Let's get grounded. Because then, like you said, you have that, that soul clarity that just can, can rise back up through you and be spoken. And it's, it's like drop down and then you bring it up through and it's a really beautiful, like energetic birth. Yeah. And as you described that, I just got this hit on um, what I was thinking about earlier. It's like when our emotions, we keep them stuck inside, it cuts our throat off, you know, it cuts mm -hmm. off our communication. And so it's same what you're saying now, if you're not, um, you know, getting out of your ego, getting out of your pain body, getting to that soul level, um, you're going to be cut off at the throat level. You're not going to be able to speak your truth, right? Yeah, and fear is so often a part of that. You know, being afraid to go into the grief and the rage and you yes. know, the disappointment and dissatisfaction that we hold in our womb especially. Mm -hmm. um, and all of those are connected to um, the ways that we've expressed our creativity in the past, the ways that we've expressed or not expressed our sexuality. And there's just, there's so much fear in going there. Mm -hmm. um, we're taught that it's, you know, it's just, it's not okay to feel all of those things. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying to communicate those too, a lot of times our fear is that if I go there and I acknowledge it and I express it, it's going to hurt someone else or someone else is going to like take responsibility and want to fix it. So yeah it's, you know, practicing the expression, like we were just talking about, like in sisterhood, where you have somebody that can actually hold space for you yeah. and, and not take everything personally or make stories and assumptions about it. And, you know, sometimes our like life partners are the people who do that for us. And sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, it, it can, they're not. They usually are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, when it's when there's a really um like say you've gone through a miscarriage or you've had an abortion, um, you know, if the other person's involved in that, they're gonna have their own emotions and triggers and things. So that's why, you know, having people having a lot of people in your life, you know, like having a tribe that really supports you is so yeah. crucial because one person can't be everything to you. Right. And, and also just, you know, having not too many that are in the really tight, close circle, you can pretty much say right. to them, not going to judge you or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's important as well. And I noticed with depression, it's about sabotaging, you know, relationships. So all of a sudden you have no one you can turn to. It's mm. like you created this whole crazy little matrix and now there's no one you can talk to. That's the kind oh. of crazy maker. I just have goosebumps. Like yeah. that's so true. So I've true. A lot of trauma survivors. Um, some of the mindful mompreneurs that I've worked with, and then I work with my husband too. And boy, that whole trauma thing is um, really about getting that truth of you stuck, and also um, 
not being able to lay out one's life in a linear pattern in a even a understandable timeline there's this sort of this spinniness to even their own life story and so that's been really beautiful to bring out in my like book and 30 day projects with them it's so cool to watch the transformation and um yeah it's, it's a lot of mindset work that's for sure <laughs> but and they step out in their own power you know when they come through we always do you know whatever junk comes up and we pass through it we do step further into our own power which is so beautiful yes all right so embody your sexual power tell us more Mm. (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is where i i get like giddy right and it's like just saying that when you say like embody your sexual power like the energy of like turning on and like flirting a little bit like you get that like giggly it's like (laughs) like, it's so juicy and we're we're taught to shut all of that down we're taught to cover up our body and in covering up our body it's not really about the physical body it's about you know i need to follow everyone else's rules yeah i need to make sure that i'm like acceptable and i'm not um you know sticking out in a crowd kind of and that i'm not getting too much attention um because attention is dangerous or um or i shouldn't want attention is another one like i i need to hide myself because it's wrong to want attention which is really just connection and so really like waking ourselves back up and you know when you tap into that soul place and you tap into your womb energy then like we talked about being able to step into your power more and then that allowing that creative sexual energy to actually flow through your body and in my in my work and in what i believe is that our sexuality is who we are and how we relate to other people and so sexuality isn't part of a relationship right you it's not like i have a relationship with this person and then there's part of it that's sexual your sexuality is all encompassing and every relationship has a varying degree of what we think of as sexuality right so you know you might you might hug someone and that's you know an intimate touch or you know the way that i mean mothers birth their babies out of their vaginas and like it's it's a very intimate relationship it's a very it's a very sexual it's not erotic and it's not inappropriate it's very sexual and it's you know nursing a baby is a very intimate you have an erect nipple and there's bodily fluid exchange and when we start to just see the power of sexuality and let it be a really beautiful part of just the nature of who we are then it becomes really fluid and it becomes more comfortable because in every interaction you're not in this hyper vigilant state of what's okay what's not okay and we can come from choice instead am i enjoying this does it feel good what do i desire how do i want to relate to this person and and it becomes really like clear that way the energy is really clear instead of constantly like ooh i don't know what that person's going to think of me or you know how i'm being judged or how i'm being perceived yeah <clears throat> i love how you talk about sexuality and 
not just relationships, it's communication and how mm-hmm. it's kind of the feminine and the masculine energy that, you know, penetrating the receiving and going back and forth. And, um, and that's true even in communication with your children. Again, sexuality uh-huh. with children, not inappropriate. It's just a conversation. <laughs> We're not talking about sex. We're just yeah. bonding, right? right? And um, getting that connection with our kids. And it, it's easy, so easy to lose connection, especially with those who you love the most, because like, yeah, they'll be there when I get done, right? And it's granted. So yeah, staying connected, that soul to soul, out of judgment, everything just is, everybody noticing what's going on and is and in choice, is this what we want, right? The other thing I talk about is your thoughts, my thoughts, our thoughts. So put my thought in the center and then you put your thought in the center and then we'll take a look at our thoughts and then we'll mix them up and we'll alchemize them for lack of better words, right? That's probably yeah. a good word. And then, and then now we know where each other stands and now, we, now we're in choice again. Now we can choose a different choice. When you're working with trauma victims, they think that that you know they're all their choices are going to affect you, and it's like, no, I can take care of myself, and I can make my own choices. You get to that's let so that's so true. Yeah, yeah. I I've noticed that um, something that will kind of it's hard to offend me or really bother me, <laughs> but sometimes there are communication patterns I'll see in different people, you know, across different people's. Um, styles of communication. I'd be like, oh my gosh, that, that drives me crazy. So when somebody's like, oh, you know, I'll let you get back to work. Yep. Like that kind of thing where you're like, I can, I'm a big girl, yeah. you know, or they're like, are you sure that we can do that? Like, I want to make sure that you have time for your family this week. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that's my responsibility and not yours. Yeah. So noticing where we do that too, yeah. where like we're not taking responsibility for our own choices. And just saying, like, I need to go. Instead of saying, I'll let you get back to work, say, I need to go now. You know, instead of saying, I want to make sure you have time for your family. Like, you accept the gift of that person's time and say, thank you so much for making me a priority this week. That's, you know, if I spend time, I think we're going into the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Invest your energy. You know, you're, you know, okay, I need to get going is what your real thought is. Maybe, you know, and yeah. like, I'll let you get back to your family. It's like, you just projected your shit on somebody else. Where else <laughs> do you do that in your life, right? It's a good chance. Yeah. And where, where I like, where I invest my energy, where I do that is intentional. So if I make time for somebody, it's not, I'm not doing that flippantly. It's because I want to see that person and it's because I want to spend time with them. And so when somebody rejects that, like when they're like, oh, well, I don't want to like be an inconvenience to you or something. It's, it's a rejection of what I'm wanting to give to that person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all of this, um, just being aware of how we communicate those things. And like you were talking about in parenting, I mean, I'm always, you know, I parent my children, like, (laughs) like they're adults. Like I would just talk to an adult. And it's, it's actually beautiful. I've realized how communicating with my kids like that allows them to actually be children. Like we think that like, oh, if I'm, if I communicate with my kids in a way that's like above their level, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to be like putting too much responsibility on them or that it's, you know, that it's too much for them to handle. And I have always spoken to my kids as autonomous beings that get to make their own choices. Yes, you and, I, and I'm the, 
and I'm the guide, right? I get to say, well, here are the choices. Like, let's talk about the options. Let's talk about possible outcomes and consequences and which outcomes and consequences you're willing to kind of take a risk for. Um, Because we have to do that as an adult. Yeah. There are choices. There are choices that we make. There are choices that I make that I'm well aware. There are like, here's some constant might be these consequences. Maybe I might lose this friend. Maybe I might lose out on this opportunity, whatever it is. Um, And I'm okay. I'm at peace with those consequences should it happen. And so that's what I teach my kids is like, well, you know, my son wanted to know what putting your middle finger up was. And, you know, we had a, we had a at length conversation about what that means and that it's probably not going to change today or tomorrow, no matter how hard you want it to change. Cause in his opinion, it's just a finger. And why do people have to make meaning out of it? Um, not, not my son at all. Um, <laughs> and you know, so we had to talk about like, well, here's why I choose not to do it. Cause I don't want to get punched in the face or kicked out of a restaurant or store. Ooh, nice. And you know, I had to tell him like, this is the reason I don't find the pleasure of making that gesture to be enough to justify those possible (laughs) consequences. Um, and I just told him, you know what, if this is really important to you, if this is something that is really important, then we can think about what it would take to change that. And I'm just going to let you know, there are a lot of people in the world that think this way. So if you want to change that, you have to be committed to doing the work because it's going to be a lot of work, yeah, <laughs> you know, so teaching them again, where do you want to invest your energy? Like yeah. if this is something super important to you, yeah. let's do it. But if not, then like, don't do it because you might suffer these consequences. And yeah. I've got, as your mother, I'm here to tell you, this is, this is reality right now. Yeah. Um, and so it's beautiful because then I said, is that something that's really important to you? And he was like, no, <laughs> no, no way. I'm out of here. I love that. <laughs> but he yeah. felt really empowered then. And you know, no amount of like explaining or like yeah. telling yeah. him why that was the rule, like yeah. telling him why it was the rule did nothing. He just kept pushing back and pushing back. Why, yeah. why, 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 why? <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. And that, well, you taught him how to, do the inner work of letting go, right? You put them there. I love it. And then you celebrate, right? You celebrate like crazy. I love that. (laughs) So make yourself a priority and, or the priority, right? So owning Mm -hmm. both parts of yourself, that's how you do it. Make yourself a priority and realize that fear is just an illusion and then own your power. I love that. That's so cool. Anything real quick you want to add there? Because I know you've got a cool free gift for everybody too. Um, oh, I think this is great. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked, I was going to mention, I it didn't really come up about owning your masculine. And I think just like a little end note to say That's that, good. you know, when you tap into your soul and you're in your feminine power and you're in that, um, in your sexual power embodied, it's like sometimes we can get, this idea that like, oh, then it's just like constant go with the flow and whatever. And like, you know, you take the pendulum a little too far and, and you don't action those things. Right. So I think, you know, in investing your energy is more of a masculine thing. It's like, where am I going to actually take action? Where am I going to make different choices? And, you know, like we talked about in the beginning, having a self-awareness to do that. 
So as we come into a healthier relationship with our sexuality and with communication and with our power to choose all of those things that we've talked about, um, I just would encourage people like in summary to take a moment like now at, at the end of this interview to actually reflect on where you want to apply that you know what's like one area one step one thing that you can take and actually action and say like this this will change this is what I am changing and and then do that do that this week whether it's saying no whether it's you know taking time each day just to breathe and drop into your pelvis just like one thing because I know I'm when I watch summits, I'll be like, oh, this is all such great information. And sometimes you're like, but what do I actually, what do I actually like walk away with to implement? Right. Yeah. And that's part of procrastination and perfectionism is I'll get all of the information and I'll know all of the right ways to do everything. And then you're like, ah, I didn't, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) All the autistic intake, 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 intake (laughs) with filing cabinets all over one's head. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, we're not just going to go to one filing cabinet. We're going to go to one drawer, not even one drawer. We're going to put it all in one file and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>